Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Biomass. We are in episode 180. Uh, probably a bit of a thin show this week, but we'll, we do have some good stuff we want to talk about. We have a guest, and uh, Jay will be a little late, but we'll be sure to, to bring him in when he shows up. So let's get started with some introductions, starting at the top of the list with Sarizo. I'm tired. That's who I am today. Have you actually like played any games lately, or uh, you still don't play games in the beginning uh, podcast? I... I, I... We talk about movies and TV shows too. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, Heroes of the Storm is still my go-to with friends, and so we still play a lot of that. Um, I don't have a lot of time to fit in other games because I'm I'm in school right now on top of my job, so I have a test I have to take tonight. Oh, fun stuff! I remember that. That's uh, <laughs> always a good one. Have you been uh, doing the the Halloween events? Are those working out well for Heroes of the Storm? Um, you know, it's just loot boxes. It, it's blizzard so it's loot boxes you know that's 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 what blizzard does is they do loot boxes that's a th- a, a thing that's what everyone does now because of blizzard it's their fault i'm blaming well, them. like one of the b- funniest reddit posts i saw on a blizzard related subreddit was someone was like i have an issue with the fact that i can just buy a ticket to blizzcon i feel like i should have to be like buying loot boxes for a chance at it that would be more on brand <laughs> oh my um, gosh but uh, there should be there should be more Blizzard news. I think honestly, I think BlizzCon's next week. So there there's probably bl- uh, Blizzard news. I I know they're announcing a new WoW expansion this year, and and I'm sure they'll announce a bunch of other things for a bunch of other things because it's Blizzard. You know. Cool. Sounds good. All right, Livy, you're up. Me? Move on to something else. Yeah, we uh, we actually cleared a, a couple of the various endings of Prey uh, last night, so we're gonna we'll, we'll kind of give a spoiler for your review of a whole experience uh, later in the show here. But uh, we'll be finishing that one up soon and moving on to a few other projects we want to work on. So it's good stuff. All right, Bait, you're up. What's up, everybody? Uh, I'm Bait. I'm a Florida man who is currently quite chill uh, chilled right now. Um, so that's fun. It's uh, 56 degrees Fahrenheit right now, um, and I'm not used to it. Um, currently, well, not currently. Currently, I'm driving, but uh, for the past three days now, two days since Friday, I have been playing uh, New Assassin's Creed, uh, which has been terribly, terribly fun, uh, if I do say so myself. So uh, I think I'm slated to talk about that a little bit in the show, and then uh, once I get further into the into the story. I think I'll uh, I can talk about it some more next week uh, or perhaps the week after. Cool, sounds good. And uh, a returning guest that we have had in the show. Not it's been a long time, I think, man. But uh, it's good to have you back. So, Bam Havoc, how about you tell everyone who you are, uh, what you've been playing, what you've been up to? Hey guys, uh, Bam here. I'm just a guy that does guy things, you know, usual bits and pieces. Uh, nothing really to say. I'm just here to cause trouble and stir up the shit. That's what I tend to do. So I'm here for that. Excellent. So it's good to have that. It's good to have you back, and we'll we'll get you on some of these talks I, here. I believe he was actually last here on episode 101. So it's been 79 weeks <laughs> since you've been around. It'll be, so. it'll be April of 2016. There you go. All right. Well, it's good to have you back. April uh, of 2016. That's two kids later. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a long damn time. Whew. Been busy. Damn right. All right, and I'm uh, Pokey Draven. I outpost the show here, and I do the Dungeon Crawl series with Livy over on YouTube. But uh, without much further ado, let's get started with some of the topics here. So kind of a question to the group here. When you hear Michael Bay is making a movie, what's the first franchise that pops into your mind that you would expect him to be making a movie about? Explosions. 
Thundercats. I love that Thundercats. franchise. Thundercats. I, I know that you guys are a big fan of the whole Transformers thing. You see everyone super excited. I know Bait absolutely loves those, right? Um, Honestly, um, yeah. <laughs> do. Uh, well, we'll have a mixed opinion on that one. But what have I told you that Michael Bay is actually making a Dora the Explorer movie? You know, like little kids show about like a nine-year-old girl that has a map and a backpack and stuff. Yeah, in like the cow blue or something, he talks. Something like that. And there's a fox that steals, or is it like a ferret? I'm not even sure, that steals all the things named Swiper. I, I haven't watched this shit since ever. It's a fox. It's a fox, okay. But yeah, Michael Bay is apparently uh, making a film. It's, it's not going to be like, I can only imagine it's not going to be anything crazy. I think it's actually meant to be kind of a serious kids show. Um, he's just directing it, but uh, or producing it rather. But uh, I kind of think it's going to be like a live action sort of um not meant to be like from the actual uh, show, but like a, a realization of like if Dora was older, going to see your cousin Diego, something like that. Um, but you know, it's a very, very strange uh, choice, I guess, for a producer. But uh, you know, maybe he's got to fill the time in between making uh, those, you know, critically acclaimed Transformers films that everyone loves, right? So that was kind of a weird, odd tidbit that popped up. But uh, yeah, I, I didn't at first. I thought it was kind of a um, a joke headline, right? Like, oh yeah, it's just not really. But no, it actually is is happening. So uh, yeah, there's a Dora the Explorer movie that's coming out, brought to you by the creator of Transformers, the movies. So something to look forward to if you've got kids, possibly, maybe. I don't know. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, is Do they have any actors or actresses slated for that yet? Uh, do not believe so. We just know that Michael Bay is involved and, uh, Michael Stroller, he, he was kind of involved with various number of things. He did, uh, the Muppets movie, Storks, Captain Underpants. So, I mean, he's done kids flicks before, so it's probably what you can kind of expect. It's meant to be kind of a live action kids movie. Uh, but they haven't really thrown out anything in terms of, you know, who's going to be playing which character and whatnot. I imagine it'll be uh, probably a younger actress just because it's, you know, going to be a kid movie about a nine year old, I think, if not. So uh, no details on that yet, but uh, kind of an interesting tidbit. Did, so for those who don't know, College Humor did a adult Dora the Explorer <laughs> trailer, like as a as a gag once. I, I just can't take that out of my head when thinking about the fact that michael bay is making a dora movie well you, you threw me off because i saw the headline earlier in this week and then you posted the link to that video in our skype chat and i thought that that was it like that was the trailer and i was like this looks really amateurish what the hell is this and then i realized it was college humor um obviously envisioning the whole thing as you know, uh, a stupid action film. But, you know, when you hear Michael Bay and you see that, you start to wonder. Um, but yeah, that college humor bit's actually pretty hilarious. It's, it's you know, it's typical college humor uh, quality, but it was really fun. I mean, hey, if she, she can still teach us Spanish, then pause for help from the audience. I'll take it. Hey, have you been subjected to Dora the Explorer with your son, or is he on he'll other things? Okay. No. That's probably for the best for your sanity and, and everyone else. I already had I, I to can't stand endure it. the remake Magic Quest. I don't think was I didn't. What'd you think of that? It's okay, but it, I don't. I don't like. I don't like the anime. I can't be too picky. I don't like who they chose to play Miss. I don't like how she's flat, and I don't like how the class doesn't lead learning of the lessons like the. I feel like it's more led by the instead of them figuring out Miss Frizzle building. I hope you don't die. But now it's kind of like, oh, let me, you know, usher through this. And so, so 
what you're saying is that I was right when I predicted that Netflix was going to destroy another childhood memory right after destroying Bill Nye. Yes. Kind of. It's not terrible. It's just not as good as the original. It's not. If I, if I had to grow up with this remake, I don't think it would have the impact that the, like, I don't think kids can, oh my God. But he's seen the original, so maybe that would tack on. I mean, he's four. He's probably not going to be too in depth of analyzing, you know, exactly how the learning is, is, del- is delved out. But, uh, yeah, like like I said, I don't think it's a bad series. I think it's it's decent, but it certainly lacks a lot of the the magic that the original one did that really kind of made it stand out compared to uh, to other stuff at the time. And certainly against stuff that's coming out now, which I think is terrible. Um, a lot of the old, I have to give Netflix credit. A lot of the older stuff that you know you can't find anywhere, they have, um, and that's really good stuff um, to to kind of see again compared to what they have now, which I think is just terrible. Oh God, pivoting because I had to. Listen. Someone else who's with Michael Bay, the guy who did co-wrote the Muppets. Keep that in your head now. Yeah, Michael Stroller. No. Well, the thing is that he did those kids films. He also did like Neighbors Two and Get Into the Greek. So I mean, he's done some raunchy stuff as well. So it's really kind of a weird mixed bag of of talent <laughs> going on here. All right, so let's move along from that one. So a bit more in line with what I normally normally talk about here, because you know, every week we don't even have to you know, overlap or double up. There's a new superhero film that's come out or talked about. So um, we'll start off with the TV series, uh, Marvel's Runaways. Um, we, we actually have touched on this one a few times before, but, you know, I think it finally got a release date and it's coming out on Hulu. So this is kind of the one where it's, you know, the bunch of kids find out that their parents are doing this underground evil cult thing and they kind of you know walk in on it accidentally and like red uh, hoods in the basement behind a secret compartment like really like and this was the first you know we've talked about this one a few times because i bring it up every time there's a promo trailer for for something but this is like the first trailer where you can look at it and go okay i kind of know what this show is because, you know, the first couple trailers you get for anything, you, you really don't know. And this is really that trailer where they're like, okay, this is this is basically the layout of what's going on here. And I think a lot of these, they're, they're really banking on people to already know the source material. But they've, they've now gone so deep into every little nook and cranny of the Marvel and the DC universe that it's like, some of this stuff's very obscure. And people just don't know what it is. They need to be a little more forthcoming and go, okay, this is what the story is actually about rather than just, uh, Hey, we showed you this one character and you're expected to know the whole backstory because you've read the comics. So yeah, this is really the trailer they should have led with. Exactly. Yeah. And then the the less obvious ones, you know, once you've already introduced everyone to what's going on, then you go, okay, now here's the, you know, more ambiguous sort of stuff that you can look at. So yeah, I don't know. Are you going to watch this one? So I know you, you try to hit all of them up. I don't have Hulu and I'm so behind on the shows. I do have like, I watched like two episodes of Inhumans. Maybe I watched like an episode of the gifted still from last year. I only saw like one episode of Legion, which I heard really good things about. Um, I'm somewhere in the middle of Luke cage. So I haven't seen iron fist or the defenders yet. I've, I'm so far behind in the watch all of the Marvel things. I don't know if I'll ever catch up. If they keep putting out like four or five new shows a year, I'm never going to get there. Well, there's no way. I mean, for one, they're, they're spreading them everywhere. Like you said, this one's on Hulu or, you know, everyone's getting their streaming service now. So it's 
it's turning into a you don't have cable, you just have your seven different streaming services you pay for, and you can hopefully get everything you want, um, which you know could be good or bad. But uh, there's so many. Like I, I said, remember, we, we hit these up all the time. There's always a new one. We can't keep up with them even talking about it on the show half the time. Do you remember how back in the day everyone said they wanted their TV? Uh, they wanted to be able to get their channels a la carte. Like, why do I have to get this package of 40 channels just to get, you know, Discovery Channel? This is why. Now it's eight <laughs> bucks a channel. Um, yeah, this yeah. is, this is, we are getting exactly what we asked for a la carte channels. And you know what? I will pay six bucks a month for Star Trek, but I'm not willing to pay that much for much else. Well, especially since, I mean, we, we joke about it, but you're like, everyone gets a Marvel show now. Every channel gets a Marvel show. It's kind of true, though. Like, if you want to get all of the Marvel content or all of the DC content, you're buying, like, 12 different services that you may not want for anything other than, you know, that one show. So it's kind of hard to justify. That'll come to an end, though, because um, DC and Marvel, well, DC and then Disney are each launching their own streaming platforms, and so... You know, the DC streaming platform will have all the DC shows and movies and stuff like that. And then the Disney platform that's launching in 2019 will eventually have all the Marvel stuff, I'm sure. So, you know, maybe even, they, you know, due to exclusive partnerships or something, you know, they may not launch everything on that channel, on that service when it happens. But probably eventually you'll be able to see all comic book related content by buying those two services. Now, doesn't Netflix do like... It's like a DC or, or Marvel franchise, but it's like an original series that they're producing. Do you think that they'll ever show that on anything other than their actual um, platform? Yeah, probably. I mean, um, bear in mind, Daredevil and Jessica Jones have both gotten Blu-ray releases so far as well. And you would not traditionally think of something that, you know, you get... You don't traditionally think, oh, well, they're going to Blu-ray release something on Netflix. But, I mean, Orange is the New Black is uh, also regularly Blu-ray uh, released and as well. So is and, House of and, Cards. I, and, I would totally and, expect it. Yeah, least. and, yeah, and, just me. and I'm sure Marvel has enough rights to show that content outside. Of, like, I'm sure that's something they can negotiate through to be able to show their their shows that involve their universe on their service, you know? And I, I would think maybe if they're if Netflix is producing them, there's going to maintain that exclusivity window that, you know, maybe when, you know, season whatever of, of Daredevil comes out, it would be on exclusively on Netflix for like, you know, a year. And then they just shove it over on the Disney service as well. Something like that. Yeah, I'm actually going to I'm kind of curious to see how that that licensing works and if they've even thought ahead far enough to go, listen, you can make these, but. If at any point we produce our own streaming service, we have the right to release it on our side, you know, a year later, you know, if whenever things come out. So uh, Disney's pretty, pretty brutal when it comes to maintaining the rights of their property. So I imagine that they probably were thinking ahead with that. And well, and Marvel's taken, something. A, Marvel's taken a beating for their lack of forethought on licensing before. I mean, the whole X-Men yeah. thing and Fantastic oh, Four God. and Spider-Man. I like... I can't fathom them ever failing to leave themselves a way to get their content back in every future contract Marvel ever signs because it's just yeah. cost them so much pain and agony over the last couple decades that they've got to know better by now, right? I, I, I think that they almost thought we're, we're never going to get enough backing to create an extended universe 
movie set, you know, like they obviously have. And so they thought, eh, we'll just, you know, we'll sell off the bits and pieces to whoever wants it and they can produce it. But then, you know, when Disney kind of took over and they started actually really pushing hard to have this, you know, we're going to have all these movies and they're all part of the same universe. They're all going, well, shit, you know, we, we sold Hulk, we sold, you know, X-Men, we sold, um, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, ah, crap. Okay. Um, and then you end up with this very awkward situation where you have, you know, like, um, you know, X-Men. So you got like Magneto in, you know, is a Fox property. And then you have literally his children in an Avengers film and they can't have any crossover, even though they're like blood related characters. Um, it's, it's left them very awkward position. I think they're going to probably feel that for a long time, but I think you're right that they've learned. Yeah, this sucks. We should make sure we, we cover our asses moving forward. So we don't, uh, you know, totally screw ourselves trying to produce what we're trying to make here. So, you know, I, I think they, they will. And I, I hope that they've retained enough forethought to, to make the streaming service work. So you can, at least with a delay, get everything in one spot. If you're looking for like a particular, you know, superhero genre. All right. So moving along here, uh, new film coming out Shazam. If you're familiar with, uh, with that character, uh, not a ton of details, but it's going to star Zachary uh, Levy, uh, who actually, I think, played a, a small bit in one of the Thor films. I think The Dark World, he was kind of a, a side character. But he is going to be playing the role of Shazam, and the film is going to be directed by David F. Sandberg. Uh, and it looks like the script is done, and they're looking to begin production in uh, February 2018. So we're actually coming up on the beginning of you know production year, which is, which is pretty neat. Now, one thing that we do know, um, kind of an interesting tidbit here, so... Uh, the character Shazam, Shazam, his his rival, who is kind of an anti-hero, sometimes supervillain, is a character named Black Adam. And we actually found, I think, last year that Dwayne Johnson is set to play the role of Black Adam and is actually getting his own standalone film. So you're going to have a Shazam film and a Black Adam film. But they have actually confirmed that in the Shazam film, Black Adam is not the villain. So he's not going to be you know, the main antagonist there. So they're going to kind of do these two characters separately. And then I imagine introduce them together into the whole universe at some point. But, uh, you know, it, it should be kind of interesting. It's kind of one of those weird characters that um, if you're familiar, obviously uh, Shazam is uh, a kid. He's like a little kid, but if he says the word Shazam, he turns into this, you know, uh, big adult superhero. And so he's kind of a goofy character. And it should be kind of interesting to see kind of a more lighthearted take on, on what they're going to do with this. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how this pans out. For a second there, I thought... It was Kazam? <laughs> no, apparently the... the was like a G I just got the words mixed up. Oh, it's what do you... I'm trying to think. I know what you're talking about, but it, it's, it's, it's failing me. But no, I know that uh, the name Shazam is actually um, every letter in it is, stands for a different god. So you know you got like Zeus and and that sort of thing, and then it's so his power is you know all of the powers of these gods put together. So he's actually like really powerful in the universe. Um, but of course he's like you know a fourteen year old. He's a kid, so he's you know an idiot. <laughs> so it's it's like you know if you give a child a nuclear weapon, this is what you get. Um, so it should be kind of interesting to see how it pans out, and uh, you know we'll keep an eye on that one. Like I said, production is just beginning in February 2018, so uh, you probably won't hear a whole lot for for a while here. But uh, it is confirmed to be a thing, and uh, it will have that uh, Black Adam uh, film as well coming out probably much later, uh, featuring Dwayne Johnson. So that's that's going to be kind of fun. All right, so. Zell, this is the part of the show where I ask you a question. How are we going to get you to spend more money? You're so, not. 
Are you at all interested in buying uh, one of Intel's new Optane 900P solid-state drives? It actually looks like a pretty spiffy drive, um, but I can't afford an SSD on that sort of scale. Because if you buy this solid-state drive from Intel, it comes paired with an exclusive Star Citizen ship. So if you buy this hardware, you can get the Saber Raven, which is a actually pretty pretty cool looking ship for Star Citizen. Um, but the only way to get it is if you buy uh, this piece of hardware. So you know you you may be buying a very expensive you know ship here through the hardware, but at least you get something other than space pixels out of it. So I, I don't know, man. This might be a good investment for you. I mean, how much do these things run for? Um, the normal Saber. Let me look. Hold on. Um. And it's interesting because it is like it's not like a fully exclusive ship. It is a variant, but it does look like it's more like it. It's it's got a physically different model than the other saber variant, so it's spiffy. And it looks like these hard drives run at about three hundred ninety to six hundred dollars, depending on how big of one you get. So yeah, that could be potentially a six hundred dollar ship, but it looks cool and it's black and so. Deep down, I know no, you this actually want this it. isn't like a six hundred dollars scale ship at all. <laughs> but you get a hard drive out of it, which probably won't help your game run any better. But you know, at least it's a hard drive. Um, I want to say these were like I I can't find they're not currently selling sabers, but I think they're like the hundred and fifty range ships, kind of in that range. Um, still expensive as all get out for virtual space pixels. Um, but yeah, I mean it. It is. It looks. A lot nicer than the the original saber, but um, it is basically the same ship with different paint and a little bit different shape, and it's a fancy exclusive for buying an outrageously expensive piece of hardware. So, anything new with Star Citizen? Like, are they like are they are they ever going to have like an official release, or is it just going to kind of be this ongoing, endless update of it's in development? Um, eventually. Um, I, I mean, the big thing right now is that. They hit this, they've got this big update, which is 3.0, and we've talked about it a couple times. Um, and it was supposed to be released at the end of the summer, and they had a lot of issues getting it to work. And so they've been kind of churning through every week, they kind of publish how many bugs they have left before they can release it to everyone. Um, so there's a limited testing group playing with it, but this is like the big, this probably triples or quadruples the amount of stuff you can do in the game in one patch because they've they've implemented planetary landing like quests that from people you can meet in person whereas before everything was like you could get like com the overcoms type quests um there's planetary bases there's land vehicles there's all sorts of new stuff um but with all of that new stuff is a monumental amount of bugs so I think the whole time scale has been pushed back while they work through all their, their technical issues with this one. Um, so they haven't really given a lot of detail on when they're going to have whatever comes after that. Okay. I was just curious. I mean, I'd like to get the ongoing updates because I'm probably never going to actually play the game or at least not for a while, but I, I do like to kind of hear where it's going because it's a, it's such an interesting project as, as many jokes as we sling at you about it. It is very different from what you normally see. And it's kind of cool to see it evolve over time and how they handle everything they've been doing. So, you know, we do appreciate your ongoing updates on that one. Yeah. But you don't have Jay here this week to do the whole money, 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 money. 
yeah, he's missing it. I'm, I apologize. But he, see, the thing is, he, he gave me a shopping list of things that I have to do in the show. Um, and one of them was to see how we can get you to spend more money. So I figured maybe I could, you know, tantalize you with a solid state drive, but you're not, you're not jumping for the $600 drive. So, you know, we'll have to count this one as a loss, but I, I did do my best. And, and these things are big. They're, um, these are PCIe cards. Like that's the form factor of this, this SSD they're selling here. That's big. It takes yeah, up a slot in the back. It's a, uh, let me see. It's yeah. 480 gig is the $600 one, which is really big for a solid state drive but uh you know if depending what you want to do with it that might be excessive and there's other options that are probably a little bit cheaper but uh you know if you are an intel fanboy you can you can pick one up a 500 gig ssd these days you can get for about 120 130 dollars um yeah that sounds about right so for this to be in the 600 dollar range or 300 dollar range or anything like that I mean, you're you're really paying for the ridiculous performance, and like normal SSDs are really freaking fast. I can't, mm-hmm. I don't fathom a lot of good. What's the use case for having the best ever fastest SSD? You know, I I, I don't see like a, a lot of reason to buy one. They I, I've put them in computers before. Um, they're great for if you want a quick startup for really core stuff. But you know, it's like how fast do you really need for what you're doing? I mean, it it's not gonna not gonna boost performance that much. It can help with like loading times and stuff like that. But you know, if you're talking like five percent faster than something that's a third of the price, you're not gonna feel that very often. I mean, you know, well, it's just not I mean, in my opinion. But I'm I'm a I'm a, a scrub, so you know. Its effect on the game probably depends on the game too. Like, I mean, SSDs made a huge difference in Dust, but that was because it didn't have it didn't have enough RAM to keep everything in memory, yeah, so it was constantly I mean, trying to reload stuff off the hard drive, and that was you know a thing. Yeah, that's that is not not a normal use case. I mean, um, I want was a very bizarre situation with that one. I feel like you may have some of the same benefits if you're in a, a big open world environment game where it does have a lot of content and it needs to dynamically load as you travel across the map or something like that. But yeah, it, it's it's one of those things that it, it's really nice to have a good SSD. I don't see a need for the top of the line SSD, though, in most cases. Um, yeah, it's just not, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I, I am not knowledgeable enough to speak in length of... of... PC building, but uh, from my experience, you know, it's it's they're good to have. Like you said, you don't need to go crazy with it. We have tons of people on Discord who also don't know how to speak about PC building, but do anyways. Ooh, ooh. Um, Actually, the people, some of the people on Discord are actually quite knowledgeable. I I had Catmark help me out a lot with uh, with designing my most recent build that I did for somebody, and it's uh, he was he was really helpful. But they do get a little crazy with the oh no, you got to have this one that's twice the price for a 5% increase because it has to run at this many frames. I'm like, oh my god. Your average user doesn't care that much. Relax. But Pokey always has to run at 60. 60 frames, my dude. All day, every day. They are not satisfied with 60 frames. They want 144. They freak the fuck out now. Like They're like, I... I gotta have 144 hertz or it's not worth playing. I'm like, oh my god. Like, I can tell the difference with my... I'm like, just shut up. I don't care if I can hit 60. I'm feeling good about it. Like that's 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 kind of my goal. I don't need this crazy over 100 FPS. I, I don't see the difference that much. It's not worth the money to me. 59 frames. No, you might as well just go kill yourself at that point. If you can't hit 60, it's not <laughs> worth playing. Exactly. No, we had someone on the Discord that was going on about. Uh, he was this like he he was talking about like Asus computers. 
fine, whatever. And I guess Asus will, they have like custom built PCs and they can like upgrade them for you with new parts if you want. And he was like freaking out that anyone who builds their own PC is just a poser. And that if you go with Asus, you can get thousand dollar upgrades for only $200 because they, they save that much money on producing the parts themselves. I was like, what are you going on about? He's just rambling in the, in the in the Project Nova chat about it. I'm like, because if you went to the PC building channel, they'd tear you apart. <laughs> like, I, I it was it was bizarre. But yeah, apparently you have to have a um, you have to be a PC building engineer. I guess was what he was expecting, which I didn't know existed. Uh, but apparently, if you don't have a degree in that, you're not qualified to build a computer yourself. So I guess. Unless Dell has building, an unknown degree, you know. <laughs> building computers is actually surprisingly easy. The hard part is knowing what what parts to get. But once you like, yep. once you have the parts, the big secret of building computers is generally if there's a, a plug that you have and it fits into a socket somewhere else, that's where it goes. And so you pretty much just find where things fit, and that's actually where they end up going. They, you know, they build computers to be assemblable so it's not that hard it really isn't it's not and um i think juno tristan actually gave me a link i forget what the website was but it is a place where you literally just send them a parts list and they'll just assemble it for you for a fee so if you're really really uncomfortable trying to assemble a pc yourself there are tools out there that will you know for one you can get a parts list that's not too hard pc part picker's great um or if you want someone to put it together for you, I think it was like 250 bucks or something like that, which I would oh never pay God. for that. I would I'll, never pay for that. But I'll the thing is... i computer for half that. <laughs> Holy crud! The, the thing is, though, is that even if you bought like a pre-made PC with similar specs, that's still probably cheaper. Than, it's probably cheaper to have them put it together for you with the parts than buying the same thing pre-made through... Alienware or some other thing. It, so you know, it depends. Um, what I've figured out is that, and and this is just a rough rule of thumb. You you've really got to look at it yourself. But generally, I would say if you're looking for a computer under a thousand dollars, you will get more uh, buying. Um, a lot of the reason, it, like they really kind of premium price tag stuff up above, you know, up above the thousand dollar range, and you may be able to get, you know, you'll get more of what you want specifically, and you'll get a good price um buying like a high-end gaming pc by building it yourself but like if you're talking about buying like a 600 hundred dollar computer it's amazing how fast that 600 dollars goes away when you're pricing stuff out compared oh, to yeah. just buying a 600 hundred dollar computer and there's a couple reasons for that one of them is um that they pay almost nothing for an office for a, a windows license and you're gonna pay 150 200 bucks you know yeah that's um, true so I, I there's there's kind of a bar. I usually set it at about a thousand dollars. If someone's looking to spend less than that, I actually recommend buying. in a lot of times, yeah, that's usually what I tell people when they ask, like, you know, how much is the gaming PC? Like, how much should I spend? And I'm like, in a rough ballpark, if you want something that feels pretty solid for the current time, and I mean, as we all know, buying electrical components it's instantly outdated you know you're it is never a good investment to, to build a pc you know i mean so you're, you're always going to feel like you kind of got screwed because guaranteed two weeks later something is going to be better for the same price but i always tell people if you're spending about a thousand to twelve hundred dollars on a pc and you build it yourself 
you can get a pretty decent machine. That's how much I, I always build mine for is about a thousand to twelve hundred, and I'm always very satisfied with what I get. They they eventually age. Like my current one, I got shit like six seven years ago. I'm starting to kind of feel it. You know, like eh, it still works really well, but it it could be better. Um, but you can still last a pretty long time with about that price range. And then, like you said, I, I believe it that if you start dropping below that, like six hundred bucks. You can spend a hundred dollars on a case. You know, you can spend you know easily a hundred plus dollars on an operating system. Well, there's a there's a thirty year cost right there, and that's not even any of the parts that go into the computer. Um, so yeah, I, I can imagine that if you're talking like lower end six hundred dollar, eight hundred dollar machines, you could probably look at some other options out there. I know that Bait got a. How much did you pay for your PC Bait? That that little one you got? Two hundred fifty dollars. And you're playing, it's not like super high end, but it's it's workable for most PC games, right? Play solitaire. Yeah. No, I did. I can play, uh, I'm trying to think of what the like, most intensive game I have. Uh, I can play stuff at high, usually. Okay. So, I mean, I mean, I mean, I don't really care about like, you know, it has to be. 60 all the time no dips or whatever you know i, I don't really care about that it, 30 is cool i guess um and it doesn't have to look super pretty i know i'm not gonna play a lot on ultra but medium to high you know is, is usually what i run stuff on i mean that that works for me but no it's a solid little uh little computer because you got that through it was almost like a like a charity event thing yeah. right for yeah. um, it was last christmas and it was uh yeah. it, it's it was built i mean it was a built pc it wasn't i don't think pre-packed i think they actually assembled the parts they were just really frugal with how they did it yeah yeah so i mean yeah, that's that's pretty cool stuff and everything came in the big box so i mean i had another case sitting here i just put it in the, in the case that i had because honestly the case that came with it is fucking ugly so you just remounted everything in a new case yep it's nice, nice. It like 30 minutes is awesome yeah no it's it's not difficult um and, and that's the biggest thing that I, I always tell people is like yeah there's options out there where people can build it for you but i'm like personally i get kind of a kick out of doing it myself like it can be challenging like you're doing all the software drivers updates and stuff like that um, that can be a little hard but like it's kind of fun to get the big pile of boxes and you got the your your hard drive, your memory, and your graphics card, and the big case, and actually sitting down at the table and kind of putting it all together and getting it to turn on the first time, like it's it's actually really satisfying. So I always encourage people to at least give it a shot, um, trying to build it themselves. I think it's it seems way more daunting than it actually is, and I, I do encourage people to give it a shot. But like I said, over on the, on the Dust uh, Veterans Discord, there is a channel for PC building help. Um, you know, jokes aside, with how obsessed they can be with you know extremely high frame rates they are extremely helpful if you just say hey this is what i want this is how much money i have and, and they'll be more than happy to help you kind of put something together online and, and get the best price 140 frames per second <laughs> i i need to be able to not find a camera that can detect that that there was a frame that happened or something oh my god <laughs> But your monitor probably won't actually will run at that high so it doesn't yeah. matter <laughs> i'm so not picky about this stuff like um i use i use uh tvs um, my, my desk is, Ooh. is three 32 inch Samsung TVs. And, um, I have another computer that's hooked up to a 65 inch 4k TV, which is a lot of fun. Um, but I don't try and play games at 4k because that computer's older and would die. No, Zell, you have to play all your video games at 4k for them to look the absolute best that they can. Because if you don't play games at 4k, you're not a real gamer, dude. You can't even see the difference. Then... 
No, you can. You can. They, they press you their can. eyeballs to the screen. They count the frames yep. one by one. Count every one by one. fucking pixel. You can, you can't okay. Um, let's move on here. Um, so into some gaming news here. Uh, one thing that I actually missed uh, last week, because they, they kind of ninja released it, but uh, Livy and I and a couple of our friends actually signed on to Fortnite again. Hadn't touched it for a while. We were playing a lot of uh, Final Fantasy and Destiny 2, but we decided to kind of come back to this one since uh, Destiny 2 was getting a little stale and uh, wanted to give Fortnite a shot. And so we loaded up and realized there's a Halloween event going on. Um, and it's not just like we threw in a couple items in like a five minute quest. It's like they added like 36 new missions to the save the world campaign. This is the one you have to pay to get into early access. This is um, not the, not the battle Royale, the freebie, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, but yeah, I was actually really impressed. It was like, okay, we load it in and there's like an entirely new area of the map you can go to. And it's got all of these missions built around the Halloween and you kind of go exploring for these new, this new tile set. It's got these spooky mansions and all kinds of stuff. And then there's like, I think, eight new heroes that are all Halloween themed. They've got really, really funny names. A um, couple new weapons, like a rocket launch that shoots like jack-o'-lanterns. Like it's, it's, it's pretty cool stuff. Um, and you basically just do like your daily missions. You do the stuff like that. You get candy, which you can then turn in for events, loot llamas, which can drop a lot of the stuff that you, you can play with. So uh, we only played for like, I don't know, like three hours today, but uh, I totally missed this was coming out, um, but I was actually very impressed. I was like, Oh, this is, this is pretty neat. Uh, Epic has done a pretty good job at kind of having, you know, more and more interesting updates and events and that sort of thing. They've done a pretty good job with it. So uh, if you uh, do have access to the Save the World uh, camp, the co-op part of um, Fortnite, uh, the Fortnightmare event is up. And uh, you should give it a shot because it is pretty cool. And uh, you can kind of cash in and get some neat, neat items and stuff like that to play around with. Now, if you are interested in kind of the PUBG Battle Royale sort of deal, uh, Fortnite does have a 100-man Battle Royale game mode. It's doing extremely well. I think it has like 10 million players now or something like that. Um, it's getting really good reviews. I, I didn't care for it. Um, I think Bait wasn't a huge fan either. But if no. you do want that kind of gameplay, it is extremely well-crafted. That got an update as well, the 1.8 update. So that's got new cosmetics you can buy. It's all the Halloween stuff, basically. So you can get you know, the skeleton costume and that sort of stuff for your, your character. And you'll also be able to scavenge some uh, of those Halloween weapons laying around on the ground. So if you are uh, interested in doing a, a battle royale and you don't want to pay pay for PUBG, um, check out Fortnite by Epic Games. They do have that free game mode you can play as, and that's going to be free forever. Um, and then if you want to buy into the the co-op, the, the Save the World campaign, I think it's Forty percent off right now. I think I saw that. So that's kind of part of the Halloween event as well, is that it's on sale. So it's forty percent off of forty dollars. That's what, like twelve bucks off, sixteen bucks off, something like that. So uh, be sure to check that out. Yeah, highly recommended. I think it's a really good game. Uh, in other news, uh, Steam Halloween sale is live. Uh, that started a few days ago, but it's running until November first. Um, I'm not sure this will be posted in time, but we can at least talk about it. It won't. Um, it's it's a. Uh, I, I mean. You're yeah. If you're waiting for us to tell us you missed it, uh, we mentioned it last week though. So um, yeah, people, we gave people it who are listening to the episode that I posted literally yesterday, they have time. Um, but uh, I, I looked at the Steam sale for this, and this is really small. Either the the sales aren't super significant, at least compared to what I normally expect from Steam. Um, it looked like you know they're going with the theme there, so most of the games uh, that are on sale are horror themed games, so of no interest to me in most cases. And uh, 
you know, we're not far off from they're going to do uh, they're going to do another sale uh, around Black Friday time, uh, which is only a month out. And that'll probably be a bigger sale, I suspect. And then they're also doing, uh, obviously, as the winter sale uh, kicks off around the Christmas season. And that's one of the two big ones where it's it's like two weeks long. That's where everyone really deep cuts down to, you know, 60, 70 percent off on most of the the games on the store. Um, I This one's not much. No big there- ones. There, there are some some good ones in here though, so I'll make some recommendations. Um, looks like, and, and even if you don't get them on sale, uh, put them on your wish list and, and keep an eye out because, like Zell said, you'll get an email when they go back on sale. They will actually, yeah. if if you wish list stuff on Steam, you will get an email that says a, a game on your your wish list is on sale. So just yeah, yeah, and, and like I said, you, you, with the uh, winter sale coming up, you will definitely see probably quite a few of these on sale again. So if you missed the Halloween sale, don't fret. Um, you can probably get them again. So uh, right now, Doom is on sale. Uh, this is Doom 2016. It's the most recent one. Um, I've talked about it ad nauseum, but it's 33% off, so it's down to 20 bucks. Completely worth it. Very, very good game. Uh, Prey is 25% off. That's down to 30 bucks. Also, um, I'll talk about that in a minute, but that is an extremely good game. Uh, I've heard good things about Friday the 13th. That's kind of the uh, asymmetrical uh, gameplay where you're trying to survive and escape from, um, you know, uh, Jason, which is pretty cool looking. Uh, Seven Days to Die is uh, also on sale, 62% off for $9.50. This is like indie game to the max. Like it's janky as hell, but it is actually pretty fun, um, at least for, you know, uh, a few few sessions. So, uh, we played it co-op, which was just four-man co-op, and I think you can do actually quite a bit more than that on PC version. Don't get the P- PS4 version; it's terrible. The PC version is acceptable for what it is for a ten-dollar game, um, and that's kind of a zombie survival crafting uh, sort of game. It's 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 pretty interesting. It's worth probably ten bucks. Um, Darkest Dungeon, I've heard good things about. Uh, Dying Light is an incredibly good zombie game. Um, it involves a lot of parkour as kind of a main part of of the game extremely well done parkour um it reminds me a bit of mirror's edge it's all in first person so it's kind of like dead island but without all of the stupidity um and with more parkour it's it's really good so dying light's a good good one to pick up and then actually has an expansion as well which is pretty good and so that's on sale for 20 bucks um dead island is also on sale for 73 percent off which brings down to 12 bucks that one's okay um i'd probably pick up dying light before i picked up dead island uh I've heard good things about Inside. It's a short indie game, but it's um, it's pretty good. If, if you've played, uh, crap, what's it called? Um, Livy, help me out. The one where you you play as a silhouette, like it's just, it's a little kid going through a dark forest. And it's a silhouette. Limbo. It's Limbo. Um, it's it's very similar to that. Uh, so Inside this is fifty percent off at ten dollars. Limbo is eighty five percent off at a buck fifty. That's worth it. Go pick that one up. It's a very good. It's it's short, but it's a good uh, uh, environmental kind of horror. Amnesia Collection is on sale ninety percent off for three fifty. Um, we actually got that free for PlayStation Plus last month in, for October. That's going to be one of our next dungeon crawls. We're going to make Livy play Amnesia and we'll do the recording. So you'll be able to see some gameplay of that. But that's normally like you know uh, like thirty bucks I think. But that's always on sale. So wait for Steam sale on that one. You can check out our gameplay and see if you like that one. Uh, Outlast, I've heard good things about. Um, Grim Dawn, I actually have that. It was gifted to me by Ripley Riley. It's kind of a Diablo 2 style game, but it's uh, kind of a Vlad, uh, 
Vlad the Impaler and Van Helsing kind of themed um, top-down action game. I have not tried that yet, but I'm going to be doing a review in the next couple of weeks on that one. That's on sale, 66% off for $8.50. Um, I've heard really good things about it, so it might be worth your time to check it out. What else we got here? Alien Isolation. Um, that's another one we want to do a dungeon crawl on. Um, that's on sale, 70% off for $12. Um, I've heard mixed reviews about that one, but uh, I still want to kind of give it a shot because it looks pretty good. So we'll probably do that one in the near future as well. And there's a whole list here. I mean, there's it's all horror-themed, like Zell said. There's quite a few VR games on here. I can't speak for any of those. But, you know, it's not crazy. If you miss it, don't worry about it. But uh, you know, keep an eye out for them. Some of them are pretty good. Put them on your wish list and check them out when the winter sale comes. I guarantee you most of them will probably be back on there for potentially even more uh, more off. So. Be sure to check out check out that on Steam. We'll get a link in the description. Yeah, so that's the Halloween sale over on Steam. Runs till November 1st, so that's two days from now. You missed it if you're listening to this right now, but uh, yeah. All right, so I did kind of want to move along to some of the gaming reviews here. Uh, me and Livia are going to talk about Prey briefly, and then uh, we'll have Bate talk about Assassin's Creed. So uh, Prey, this is technically the second Prey game. It's kind of like Prey 2, but nothing to do with the first game so they just called it prey and uh we finished it last night it is the kind of game that has a lot of different endings i thought there was four endings i'm quickly realizing there's way more variations of that um we're going to try to hit as many as we can but a lot of them are based off of decisions you made um earlier in the game so you know we we can't possibly get all of them but uh you know we're gonna get as many as we can using save points to kind of go back to the point of no return and get all the endings we'll we'll have all that in dungeon crawl but uh pray um so kind of as a recap to what we talked about prior because i had reviewed this a little bit in the past pray is this game where you are playing as a guy who wakes up in We'll say it's a space station. It's a research facility. And it has been infested by these creatures called Typhons. And there's different kinds of Typhons. The ones that are probably the most iconic are the Mimics. And the Mimics will literally turn into any object or any inanimate object that is uh, laying around. And for a lot of the game, you have absolutely no way of telling what is a mimic and what isn't unless you kind of pick up on some little minor cues and happen to might see it move around. But what this does is that you become terrified of your environment. Um, you're walking around and it's like you see a coffee mug and there's two of them. And usually if there's two of something, one of them is a mimic, but not always. So you'll be randomly attacked by just things that come flying off the desk that you happen to miss, and you become extremely paranoid, especially in the beginning of the game when you don't really have any way to defend yourself. You've got like a wrench you can hit things with, but they're fast, they move around quickly, you feel weak, you don't have many abilities, and it's very, very tense. You kind of have this this sense of, of dread that you can't trust your environment or anything like that. That delivers on kind of that sense of uncomfortable... I don't feel safe no matter where I am um, sort of experience. That's done very, very, very well. Um, It starts to kind of taper off uh, around the middle of the game where you get new weapons, you start getting shotguns, things to freeze enemies, that sort of thing. You start feeling really powerful. um, And you can deal with threats and you feel like, yeah, I can actually survive this. Towards the end of the game, though, as you, you progress the story and you get further and further, 
all hell is breaking loose on the station. Like the infestation has reached like critical mass. And before where you'd experience, you'd, you'd find maybe one or two enemies in a room. You like walk into an area and there's like 30 of them and they're just swarming all over the place. And it's like, you're left with this sense of, I want to do whatever it takes to get off this damn thing as quickly as possible because you're strong, but there's no way you can possibly deal with everything that's going on around you. So it, it kind of moves from this sense of, you know, your fear and you, you're, you're in fear and you feel very tense to I'm feeling strong to I just want this to end. It's not really in a bad way. Like we, we kind of joked about like the game was going on forever because we did all the side quests and all that. And it, it did kind of drag on. Um, but the sense of I want it to end because it's like clearly things are so far out of hand that nothing is going to fix what's going on. And I just have to leave. Um, and that kind of drives you to finish the game where you're just like, I just got to get to the ending. You know, I got to get off this hellhole. Um, that was very well done. Um, in terms of story, I got to say this is probably one of the better ones that I've played in quite a while. Um, they, one of the, the, the main theme songs of the game is um, Mind Games, and you definitely feel that, where there's so many different elements going on and so much misinformation. You're a character who doesn't have any memory of what's happened before. Um, you really don't know who to trust, and up until the very end of the game, I really had no idea who to trust, like who was being honest, who was trustworthy, what was their ulterior motives. I was very, very um, unsure of myself on which direction I should go. It wasn't even a, you know, like, what moral dilemma am I going to take here? It's, I, I don't know who's going to screw me over. Like, they're all kind of a little shady. All of the plans they've come up with are not quite bulletproof, you know. It, it's not clear on what the best course of action is. And I really like that it, it really did carry that all the way to the end. I mean, there was one, one ending I kind of decided on, like, this is the one that I think is probably the best, so I'll try all the other ones first. Um, I haven't seen that one yet. Like I said, we haven't finished all of them yet. Excuse me. Um, but it did kind of carry through and have that sense of uncertainty the whole way through. Very well done. Um, I was also kind of unsure what was going on. And, and, and Livy and I kind of had this ongoing um, conversation about what we thought was going on. We kind of built it, you know, piece by piece. And up until probably the last, like, hour or so, we weren't sure. And then something happens where we went, okay. This is what we think is going on. This is what happened. Da 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 da. And we ended up being right. Like when you get to the very end, they kind of explain everything. This is what's going on, and this is what what happened, and this is why you were doing what you were doing. Um, so the ending, we, we guessed the ending, but we weren't really sure a hundred percent until right towards the end. So um, I won't say that the story was unpredictable. The way that it progressed felt natural. Like it wasn't just a hey random plot twist for the hell of it. Um, everything felt like it was very well planned out and it made sense. They, they metered information to the player at a very good rate where you kind of got a little bit more as you went along. You kind of started building this case in your head about what's actually happening. And then at the end, you know, you felt like, okay, yeah, I, I figured it out. I understand what's going on. And, and indeed it was correct. So um, the story felt really good. It wasn't like a super shocking ending, but it was, you know, like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. It didn't feel out of left field. So um, big positive on that. So that was that was really good. Uh, graphically, it's a beautiful game. I love the aesthetic. It's kind of this um, Frank Lloyd Wright meets Bioshock before it all went to hell, but in space. Uh, it's kind of this really cool gold and red art deco. Um, very cool environment, very good world building, uh, very stylized, just a beautiful game. We actually started playing on the PS4 Pro um, probably about 
four-fifths the way through, and that kind of helped a little bit, you know, clean things up and made it run a little bit better. So, you know, graphically, it's 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 a gorgeous game. On PC, it's, it's even better. So um, it's it's quite a treat for the eyes. Um, overall, though, I mean, the, the combat was, was decent. If you've played the Bioshock series, you kind of understand what to expect. You can get different powers, different weapons. You can kind of use things in creative ways. Um, that felt pretty standard, but, uh, you know, it felt good. And, you know, overall, just a very, very pleasant experience. Um, definitely worth picking up if you like that sort of thing, if you like the kind of games that keep you guessing the whole time. And it provides, um, like I said, a, a good sense of horror in the fact that it's not jump scares. I mean, things do jump out at you, but that's not the primary source of the horror. It's that tension of, I, I feel vulnerable and nothing feels safe. I mean, you can have areas that you think are perfectly fine and you walk over and just get completely obliterated by something. Um, you know, later on you get some tools that kind of help mitigate that. And I guess that's part of feeling more powerful is that you don't feel totally vulnerable anymore. But, you know, especially in the first third of the game, that's a really, really good selling point and it felt really, really good. So if you're looking for that kind of experience, um, very solid game. I, I do suggest you check out Prey. Uh, did you have any thoughts, Livy? Are you still there? I think you did a really good, especially with the feeling more powerful as you go through it and without giving, you know, making those choices. Well, how powerful going it be? Just watching you play, you still went back to the damn wrench. <laughs> yes, yes, the wrench is good. The wrench is very good. Um, it, well, especially at the end, I felt that with so many enemies, I couldn't keep up with resources. I couldn't find enough stuff to break down to make ammunition. I was like... I've got 12 shotgun shells, and I really don't want to use them because it, I know it takes like four to kill a phantom, and if I get jumped, I want to make sure I have all of them. Uh, so you, you, you learn to play very conservatively towards the end because you just can't keep up with what's going on, and I think that really adds to the narrative as well. I will say, though, with no spoilers, once you beat the game, for God's sakes, wait till the end of the credits, please. Like, we... We, we got to the end and we saw kind of the ending bit and we're like, okay, okay, that's cool. And we turned the recording off and that was good. And I'm, I was sitting on the computer working on something else. And I look over and I see the loading screen. I was like, oh shit. So I'm mashing the record button. Like, I, I don't even know what's going to happen. But um, there, is a, there is a bit that happens at the end of the credits. Make sure you stay for it because that is really important to the story um and it's 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 really critical for how the story ends as you see that last bit and it kind of wraps everything up in a really interesting way um it was it was definitely kind of our oh shit moment where we realized the depth of what was going on it was it was really satisfying so um definitely wait for that and uh like i said i think we're, we're probably still a few months away from finishing the release because we do maybe in a few months, maybe a couple months, um, doing the release of, of the Dungeon Crawl gameplay. But, uh, you know, we're, we're going to still keep getting that out twice a week to you guys. And you can you can see the ending for yourselves. Um, and if you, you know, don't want to spoil the ending for yourself and you want to play it yourself, like I said, definitely go check it out. Uh, we played on PS4. Um, it, it played just fine. You know, it, it was very well optimized. Uh, but if you want to play it on PC, it probably will be on sale uh, this winter for the Steam sale. All right. Uh, so that's that's our kind of our 
our review of Prey, um, we will probably do kind of a recap episode on Dungeon Crawl where we actually kind of discuss things more in depth. Um, that's the review, but there's the actual story discussion, um, and there's a lot of a lot of stuff we want to talk about because the game is very well done. Um, we'll probably be on Dungeon Crawl on YouTube, and like I said, that's that's twice a week that comes out, and uh, we'll post all that up on the website at biomass.com if you want to see it. So we'll we'll get that to you once we get all that gameplay out, and we'll kind of do our final. Uh, prey discussion at the end. It'll be pretty good. Uh, but moving along here, uh, Bait, I know that you've only had a couple days to play with Assassin's Creed, but I've been hearing a lot of buzz about it. Uh, my boss at work was was all hyped about it at the end of the week because he, he was wanting to get home to play Assassin's Creed Origins. So uh, I know that you're you're just starting, but what's kind of your preliminary thoughts on on the game? Is it good? Um, how is it different? That sort of thing. Okay, I want to start off. I really, really like this game. Um, and I don't know if that's because the other games have a special place in my heart. And then, you know, I'm sure that has something to do with it. But uh, there, there really is something about this. Just It's different in a lot of ways uh, than the other games. And it's really pretty. I, I will say that. I'm playing on my... Uh, on my um, my first gen Xbox One, um, so not the S and not the the um, oh, what's the other one? The One X. Although the game does work uh, for the One X, so I think that's what a lot of people are doing. That's what I'm seeing on Reddit. Is a lot of people said that they went ahead and bought it, um, but and they just played like the first mission uh, to kind of hold themselves over until I think the seventh of November. The uh, the Xbox One X comes out, um, and I think that's the one that you can play at like fucking 4K or something, uh, and make the game look super. Um, but I, for me, you know, like I was saying earlier, I, I don't really need you know the game to look you know as good as it possibly can. Uh, you know, this works for me. Um, so just just a couple of things. I reckon if I had to count, I'm about 30 hours in right now. Um, uh, and the, the campaign supposedly takes about 30 hours from everything I've read. Um, but I don't think I'm near the end of it. I've been doing a lot of side quests. There are a ton of side quests to do in each of the, the little region of, um, of Egypt, which is good. Um, I, I think that that's something that, that Assassin's Creed has struggled in, I guess, um, is side quests. But then again... Uh, the other games haven't really been this RPG that, that Ubisoft has made this, uh, and and it, it really does feel like an action RPG. I mean, there's you know the bosses have levels or the enemies have levels, and you have a level. And if you go to the like a level thirty zone, you're going to get absolutely destroyed if you're a lower level. Um, so you know, as far as that goes, it's very um, almost. <sighs> Yeah, I, I would say a, a very RPG in that sense. Um, there are, you know, your weapons have different qualities and different rarities, um, so that you know, and obviously that's uh, that uh, reflects in how much damage they do. Um, the the more rare weapons, I guess, will have multiple um, effects. So like right now, I've got a spear that does. It's a rare spear, and it does. It does bleeding and it has uh, increased critical hit damage um and then i've got a secondary weapon that's just like a machete that you know that doesn't have any special but it's a it's a common uh, item um so so that's really cool it doesn't look like you can upgrade uh your like your swords and stuff 
uh, kind of like you could in, um, I think Unity really, really had that, had that upgrade in your specific weapon uh, idea. Uh, but what you can do instead is, so, you know, you, you have your getup, you have your armor and your bracers and and, uh, and whatever else, and you can upgrade those. You can upgrade your breastplate, obviously, to make it better, uh, which gives you more health, and you can increase one of your, uh, your gauntlets that'll give you more melee, and the other gives you more range. Um, one thing I did like that they did um, was your hidden blade. Um, so you start off, uh, you don't, you don't even start off with the blade, but you get the blade, uh, eventually, um, relatively early on, I'd say. Um, but if you go into a, like a higher leveled area, um, even like a couple levels higher than you, I know I ran into this problem and you go to assassinate somebody like from a bush, you, you have that chance to where you might not kill them with one hit from the Hidden Blade, whereas before, you know, you go to assassinate somebody and they would die instantly, right? There, there isn't this, um, which threw me off the first time because I, <laughs> I came up on a guard and I, I jumped out, out of, uh, jumped into the air and came up over top of him and he did not kill him the first time. I was caught me off guard a little bit. So it was actually nice, though, uh, to, to have that happen and not just like, walk into a, an area and you know counter and kill and counter and kill everybody you actually do have to have to work um for your kills which is really good they uh ubisoft uh, took some time and uh looked at the combat system and said okay this is too easy let's make it a little bit harder um so now the the combat is very dark souls in the sense of uh, dodging and uh, waiting for opportunity um, to, to, to attack your opponent. So you're moving around and you're dodging and you're parrying and all this other, you know, active. It's very active, whereas I feel that the, the combat in the past game was very uh, was very passive. You pushed a button and you got the... Um, so th that really is, is something that I like. I'm not good at the combat <laughs> by any means uh, since they've done that, but it, it is fun uh nonetheless to to be challenged um you know like i said the world is is, is very um it, it looks very good and uh environments um you you really do feel like uh you are in the desert obviously you are um but it it gives you this this um i don't know this confirmation i guess just in the way that um that your character behaves and and some of the um what's the word i'm looking for some of the uh the the the, the, the behaviors of the of the enemy right so you you have enemies who will you know they'll they'll go under some shade and they'll sit there for a, a, a long time um and and just hang out because you know for heat and your character does that too um i guess if you wander around in the desert uh, uh i i haven't quite figured out if it's like a a set time uh per se or you know because it hasn't happened to me in, in any of the cities but just moving across the desert you actually start to hallucinate and um like i saw a fucking like burning bush uh and then when i went up to it it like this it was really trippy um but also you know very very good very interesting way to to, to do that kind of um let's see combat blah, blah, blah. the story is pretty i'll be honest with you it's a little bit um eh uh it's very okay i'm gonna go ahead and spoil it just like the first five minutes your kid dies and it's like oh i'm gonna go avenge my dead son um so that's basically what you're doing throughout the um it, it, it 
it has some nice callbacks to the the first game and the 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 second game as as far as I can see so far. Uh, you know, you, you look at you look and you see how the the using the pigeon started, and so it's got some very good cues um, to to the, the earlier games, which I like because I picked up on them instantly. Um, uh, they took out, or they, I, I wouldn't say took, they they brought back the the quote unquote real life uh, segments, which were cool when you were when you were playing as Desmond because you had that second story uh, going on, you know, between between sequences before you you jump back into the anime. Um, and they kind of have those; they're less they're less frequent, uh, which I like for this one because I don't like the the real world uh segments in this one i think they're cheesy and i i just it doesn't do anything for me i'm not connected to the to the character i think she's fucking annoying um but that's just me uh, you know so the, i know there are some people who like really liked the the present day stuff but you know that, that's not. um hmm. i think one thing that it's a very small thing but i thought was was a nice detail um some of the guards, you know, occasionally will go off into the bushes and they'll they'll relieve themselves. They'll they'll take a piss or whatever. And I don't think you really see that a lot. That attention to detail that okay, this is something that an actual person you know would do. So I, I thought that was kind of cool um, that that I picked up on. And you'll have um, you can you can poison bodies so that when somebody comes over, you know, they they take poison damage. Well, after a couple of passes. Uh, the guard that that is affected, you know, still walking around, will start to throw up, uh, which I noticed, and that that made me chuckle. Uh, that was really cool. Uh, what else? Oh, the the new uh, Eagle Vision, if you will. Um, it, it's an actual eagle, and so you you fly around and whatnot, and you look for your targets, um, and you can zoom in on on guards and level. I think there's a perk that lets you um, that lets you like look at their path in the uh, in the outpost or wherever you happen to be, so you can see where they're going and whatnot. That's that's really cool. Um, there's a skill tree now, so you can you can get different things. Like I'm looking at it right now. Um, so you get every time you level up, you get an ability point. You can spend the ability point on things like a second uh, bow slot or a second melee weapon slot. Uh, or, you know, you get tools like firebombs and stuff. So uh, it's really cool. Um, so, you know, they're really pushing this this uh, RPG kind of thing going forward, um, which was, you know, was reported uh, that came out a year and a half ago now, I think. Um, so if those leaks are, you know, continue to be true, we should see at least two more games like this, uh, set in, I think, Greece, and then, uh, another one set, uh, in Rome, which will be really interesting. Now, whether or not they're in the same time frame as this, yet the beast we should know next year, two years from now. That's actually pretty cool. They could do some really interesting history, um, kind of around the Punic Wars and everything that's going on in, in Europe at that time. It could be yes. really cool stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think right now you're in um, Ptolemaic Egypt, so it's 49 BC. I think is the is the year that they're going for, which is which is cool. I mean, you, you kind of see the dynamic going on, the power struggle between Ptolemy and Cleopatra, and then uh, uh, the the Greeks, and I think the Romans are are going to come in toward the end of the game, if I'm remembering my history right. Um, should be Julius Caesar. 
uh, comes and uh, takes control of. Uh, um... Oh, and there's a little bit of naval combat, uh, <laughs> which was really fun. That was one of my favorite parts about four. Um, and I think this is the same team that did four. So it was nice to see some of that naval combat come back uh, in a in a, a Greek setting. So instead of cannons, you get like flaming arrows, and it, it was really cool. It's like you said. It sounds like there's a lot more RPG elements in it, and that the combat yes. seems to be very evolved. Is the game because bef- like I, I'll, I'll harken back to Assassin's Creed One, where it it really discouraged you from open combat it, just because it was very yeah. clunky, it was hard. Mm-hmm. Is this game pushing more to have more open combat? Okay, well, so like yes, I, I would say at times there there is open combat where you're kind of forced into it, um, which actually is one of the more annoying bits, at least for me, because, like, walking through a city, I'll get attacked, and I haven't done anything to, like, you know, warrant getting attacked. Um, So, I mean, in that sense, yeah, there's open combat, but also, you know, out in the middle of the desert, you, you know, you're on your camel, and some bandits come up behind you, uh, and they start attacking. Yeah, it's open there. Um, but for just about everything, you can do it. You, you can do it one of two ways. You can go in guns blazing, or you can stealth. Um, so it, it really is up to you. It's very, uh, it, it's however you want to play. Okay, that, that makes sense. Because, I mean, I, I, I feel like, cause I stopped at three, obviously, but I, I feel like the series as a whole has kind of pushed more towards the allowing combat as being a viable mm-hmm. option more and more oh, yeah, yeah definitely they give you more and more tools okay that makes sense yeah, uh, have you had a chance... probably the worst example for combat <laughs> well one one is not a very good assassin's creed game at all no. <laughs> it was it was pretty no. bad um have you had a chance to try that discovery mode yet where it kind of turns the game no, off and, lets and you... i'm kind of sad it's not out apparently i thought and i probably read everything wrong i was under the impression it was going to be available at launch if I'm understanding it correctly, and I'll actually look at my main menu real quick just so that I'm not telling you something incorrect, but I thought that it wasn't going to come out until uh, next year. So 2018, it'll be a free expansion uh, that you'll get to download, which is nice that it's free. You don't have to pay the fucking $30 for a season pass, which I wouldn't have done anyway. It looks like it is just the game. Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no discovery mode right now. So soon. That's too bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because because you're, you're talking about history, too. and I'm. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just saying. I see the little slot for it uh, on the on the menu screen. There's a there's a like a space between uh, you know the 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 story mode and then like all the other. Menus. Gotcha. Yeah, you're you're, you're talking about all these. Uh... These bits of history and that they're going to Greece and Rome. I'm like, oh god, I'm like that's really cool stuff. <laughs> like, oh yeah, no, it's super the, the, cool. The, the history part is just making me want to. I don't know if I want to play the game, but I want to run around in the world. Like that would be really fun, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, yeah, and that's what that discovery mode is. Is you are you are Bayek the assassin, but there's no combat, there's no weapons, all this other stuff. It's just you. And I think the entire map, which is a pretty good, it's a good size. Um, and you you can just run around and you can climb and you can, you know, do whatever. And as you come up on, say, something like the pyramids, a little blurb pops up. It's like, oh, this is the pyramids. This is what they were used for. This is how they were built, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Perfect. That sounds really yes. cool, man. Yep. 
So how would you say it compares to the other Assassin's Creed games? Is it, uh, you know, like if you'd like rank them like top 10 or whatever, like where would this land? Oh my God, top 10. At this point, and again, the game came out three days ago, so maybe right. I'm still high, if you will, on the game. It, it's, it's number one uh, for me. Now, ask me six months from now, and I might have a different answer, but at this point, I'm a will. Okay, definitely so, go buy it. Okay, so good first impression. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Well, I appreciate that review. That was pretty good. And, uh, you know, I, I look forward to seeing, you know, how this pans out. I mean, even if I'm not really part of the series anymore, um, I'm always kind of curious to see where they're going to go next with it. You know, what, what bit of history yeah. they're going to dial in on. Because mm-hmm. if they're starting at Egypt... Um, and they're going to Rome and Greece. I'm like, there's so much awesome stuff that happens yes. in the centuries yes. following that. Like, they could do a lot of really cool stuff there. So that's exciting. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. The, the the thing that kind of, you know, is interesting for me, because I, I, I do enjoy history, and it's been fun, because normally I can go through an Assassin's Creed game, and I can, I can pretty I can pick out, you know, who the historical figures are pretty well. But with this one, it's like I'm actually having a hard time, obviously, except for like Cleopatra or uh, Pompey or whoever else. I'm having a, a kind of a hard time, you know, placing some of these these characters that you see uh, in actual history. Obviously, there is that there's that divide between fiction um, and uh, and history. Um, so I am having to go up and I'm having to Google, and I feel like an idiot sometimes when it only comes up for you know Assassin's Creed, <laughs> having to Google some of these characters and see okay who was this and you know what did they do and how are they significant not only to the game but to the to the actual history of it all. So that, that that's been my favorite part, honestly. Awesome, sounds good, man. Well, I appreciate that. Um... So yeah, I think that's actually pretty good. I think we're good on time here. Pretty good on getting all our topics done. Is there anything else anyone else wanted to discuss real quick before we go into shout-outs? All right, I'll take that as a no. All right, so starting with shout-outs, Zell, I know that you are prepared this week. You're ready to go. I am. Uh, I have this great YouTube clip. It will be on uh, the show notes. Um, And it is uh, an animated uh, little clip from uh, Justice League Action and uh it entails uh the joker and the trickster uh kidnapping mark hamill uh because he's a big fancy celebrity um and uh suffice to say there's actually only one actor voicing this entire segment and it's wonderful it's does, it's hilarious <laughs> does mark hamill play the joker he does, does. kidnapping he does. himself <laughs> he also plays the trickster <laughs> So oh. it's, yeah, no, it's, you, you should watch it. It's, it's pretty funny the way it plays out. All right. Uh, next up, Bam. Shout outs, Bam. Uh, shout out to Piston Ringing Gaps. Those guys can be a real pain in the ass. <laughs> Are you still doing your, uh, your podcast? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's still going strong. Yeehaw. Mother Trucker. Just interviewed someone with regards to a game called Padre. Uh, quite interesting. These guys are from Hungary. And uh, they can't really speak English, so and I can't speak Hungarian. So it was an interesting, interesting chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, piston ringing gaps. Love them. Love them. And, and where can they find all of your your content and your podcasts? Is you got a website set up for that? 
Oh uh, yeah, actually, it's uh, it's on the old uh, on the old interwebs. Uh, just type in bamsters.com and you'll you'll find it there. We're on the old iTunes as well, and there's a Discord chat too. And you just look for bamsters and you'll find it. And there's a YouTube channel as well. Everything's there. Everything's gravy. Still going strong. You guys discuss topics that I had no top, no interest in, no wanting to speak, and I was expecting other topics. I, I didn't expect you guys to talk about comic books, which I don't really read, and uh, and the movies, which I didn't really care for. So yeah, I didn't really have an opinion to offer, unfortunately. If if yeah, sorry about that. Oh no worries, man. If you like I said, if you ever uh, you've got something that you do want to talk about in particular, just let us know, and we'll be more than happy to have you on. Yes, Bill Nye, the science guy, going to space. But we, we, we'll we'll discuss it later. And, and bacon. None of you guys brought up bacon. bacon. That, is, that is disgusting. Beer. I was promised bacon by Jay. How dare you not uh, discuss bacon? How dare well, you? Well, Jay wasn't he, he here, didn't show so up. that he would be, to... you know, we we can't take responsibility for the the promises of people who aren't here. Bacon was 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 promised, and it was not discussed. It was okay. It was okay. promised. Why? How, how dare you? How dare you? He he was supposed to bring the beer and bacon, and he screwed it up. I apologize. I will be sure that he pays in full for any promises that he happened to break. Yes, uh, I will take uh, maple apple bacon from Kanekistan, and I will take a lovely beer brewed from the monks in Hungary, whatever place, whatever. Just beer and bacon. Good stuff. Beer and bacon. All right. Sounds good, man. Um, I think Livy has actually stepped away from her computer, so we'll probably pass over her. Uh, and that goes to Bait. Shoutouts, man. Uh, yeah, so shoutouts. Let's see. Shoutout to the, 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 the weather. I know I complained about it earlier, um, but it is actually quite nice. Um, I am enjoying the little bit of cool. Just uh, no wind would be nice when it is cold. Um, what else? Uh, Assassin's Creed shout out to, to Ubisoft for you know making a, a really fun and uh, enjoyable game. Um, uh, can't wait to spend more hours into that. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Um, Halloween is on Tuesday, and uh, of course that means that it is time or is about time uh, for my people, uh, that being uh, Florida men and women all across this great nation and around the world, uh, to step out and show their true colors. So I want to I want to give a shout out to uh, to my uh, my fellow uh, brethren to to be safe and to make headlines this Halloween. We'll have lots of stories next week, I'm sure, regarding uh, your people down in the great state of Florida. Uh, all right, and my shout out is actually going to go to um, a video game that I played when I was a, a little kid, uh, Super Mario Land Two: The Six Golden Coins. Now this game actually came out. Uh, on November 2nd, 25 years ago, um, I'm showing my age a little bit. Uh, so that was in 1992. Um, and the reason I bring it up is because I remember that it was a very fun game. I played the hell out of it over on the original Game Boy. And it actually had an entire world that was Halloween themed. So I felt it appropriate to kind of bring it up and on this great Halloween on Tuesday uh, to remember the old greats of the Game Boy back in the day. So yeah, shout out to Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins, specifically the Pumpkin Zone, which was very awesome and super spooky when I was a kid. It was really fun. So uh, with that said, guys, uh, as always, uh, you know, if you have any topics you want to discuss, remember we do have a contest going to the giveaway for the copy of Destiny 2. Uh, if you want to be on the show, anything you want to discuss, do let us know. Uh, we're available on the Dust Veteran Discord, as well as on the website biomass.com all our contact information for Twitter, email, 
whatever you prefer, we are available there. So just give us a ring and we will get you on the show. So again, everyone be safe out there. Have a really safe Halloween. Have fun. Don't do anything stupid unless you're in Florida. Then do stupid stuff so we can make fun of you. And uh, have a good week. See you next week.